What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. I am I am struggling. I am a little bit jet lagged. I just came back from an international trip. Um, I am I am I am beat. You are our eyes and ears at the Genesis this week. Um, we both had a good week, so I guess you can take the credit on that. And and this is going to be kind of your lead in terms of the episode on this on this front. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the whole point of these elevated events is they are going to be number one star ridden at the leaderboard, which this for sure was. We had an appearance from Tiger freaking Woods. It, it was just an overall great week. And I'm surprised that the scoring got that high considering the weather. Because, I mean, yep. these guys were in knit hats at the start of the week and it wasn't too much warmer throughout, yeah, obviously, the course of the four days. But it was an awesome, awesome week all around. So I'm super excited. And again, I didn't see a lot of live shots, but it sounded like there was a lot of rules officialing kind of going on by by a lot of PGA Tour fans. I guess Rom got a got a wild drop after going through some grandstands. One yeah, of his day. I'll be honest, I don't have a concrete answer because a lot of times they weren't mic'd up doing what was going on, and the announcers were also trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure there's diagnosis on the back end, but there's a lot of gravel. Um, cart path where it's not necessarily man-made but it's not necessarily natural it just kind of made for a weird week yeah everywhere i looked on on social media it looked like there was just a lot of pga tour wannabe officials on there trying to trying to complain how the ruling was hurting them when in reality it was probably more so hurting their money deposits into the person uh yeah. so i didn't look too far into that but there was a lot of wannabe rules officials really going on um i'm i'm quite proud of max homa really kind of pushing it based on what I saw. It looked like he was really trying to contend for that win. Uh, I love seeing that. I, when Max plays well, it, it kind of makes everything go a little better. I do laugh. Rom is, Rom is slightly turning into that villain, especially when you beat Max Homa because he is such a favorite. Um, so there, there, there seemed to be a little bit of good versus evil on yeah. the Max Homa versus John Rom side. It is. Let me tell you, it's awesome to watch because – and as a, as a 1% Tiger fan, it is incredibly hard for me to, you know, and I said it with Scotty Sheffield last year, we might be on the verge of a Tiger season. Yeah. John Rahm in his nine events in the calendar year has only lost to eight golfers. <laughs> nice. Think about does that, that. Does that include uh international? Includes world tour, includes everything. So in his yeah. nine events in the 2023 season, he has lost to eight golfers. Think about that stat. Think about that freaking stat. That guy is remarkable. And he, I, I read some stat today that he's already made like $10.5 million and it's February. Yeah. That's, I mean, that they're going to keep breaking that all time, like yearly win record in terms oh, of yeah. revenue. I mean, especially with these elevated events there, you might get the top like five or six guys that beat the the record just based on the fact that so much, what they're doubling money now at each of these elevated events, if not more, um, I mean, Honda this week has what a lot of people consider a B or C level celebrity list in terms of golfers. And even then, I think that the money is doubled from what it's crazy. It was last you know, year. And, and not to transition really quickly, but going to the Netflix documentary where they break down the pricing list of all the winners, you know, third and fourth place, where now some of these guys in third and fourth place are making two or even three times what they would be. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a little wild. Um, there were a few notable guys that I that I really liked in in the tournament this week as well. Uh, Wilza Torres was up there. Seven under on Sunday. See. Yeah, he was seven under Sunday. That was the number. Mm -hmm. Jeez, wild. Um, 
Colin Morikawa was all across the board. Jack's a little mad because there was a there was a bet he had with Colin Morikawa that just got turned around. We'll get to um, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. happy on my end. Yeah, it worked out for for Jack in terms of making the money. Uh, oh, and then Ricky Fowler and Keith Mitchell, fifth um, and twentieth. Keith Mitchell was was kind of being a pest all week in terms of top of the leaderboard. He, he, he I don't know, fell apart on uh on sunday is the way to describe it he still finished in the top 20 but he fell off slightly and and made it a little more interesting yeah i think he had like 13 or 14 pars and that's not gonna do it coming into yeah. sunday trailing rambo yeah oh i i did see xander shoffley eagled 17 on friday in order to make the cut on the number is that what i saw there was it was wild i think he used yeah to- Two back, I seventeen, and dunked it to make dunked the cut it. on the number. <laughs> he was like five over on the round before that, so he saved himself with that eagle. It was that was one of the things, and he finished like thirty third overall. Yep, like it's just wild to see these guys are on the number. They're never technically out of it. I know when you barely make the cut on the number, you're pretty much out of it. But for him to get an eagle to make the cut and finish top thirty five was remarkable. Yeah, super impressive. Uh, but yeah, overall great week. Again, these elevator fields that awesome. I've been, I've been loving it these last two weeks. I mean, looking at these leaderboards, I mean, it's, it's big hitter, not in terms of distance, like, like strong player, strong player, recognizable player, underdog, strong player, rec- like I'm loving seeing these high. Yeah. And even these guys that aren't necessarily a tier Gary Woodland, us open winner. Like, yep. you know, that Harris English has been in Ryder Cups and President's Cups. Like, you know, these guys are coming through. And even, you know, Tommy Fleetwood's been the PGA Tour for however many years. He's recognizable. So all these fields are just amazing. And then obviously you have guys like, you know, Nick Taylor who come out of nowhere and are just at these pinnacles of leaderboards that make you really like him versus a field like the Honda that we're getting into where if a Nick Taylor showed out, You'd automatically be with the default. Ah, it's a weaker field, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Do you want to get into DraftKings and FanDuel? Do you have any other stats, information, topics, things you want to go? Over? Yes. Okay. I do because it's a Tiger Woods thing, and you know me. So perfect. Let's Tiger get it Woods, out of the way. according to the broadcast, I wasn't able to find a firm number, but lost anywhere between two and a half and three shots around on the green. So Think about that. So we finished at like tied 44th after not playing 72 holes on the PGA tour since like 2020. He lost, well, I'm going to call it three because he got worse throughout the next couple of days, which makes sense. It, it's yeah. happened. If he was just at zero, just average in the field and putting, he'd be tied fifth. That yeah. guy. Yeah. No, yeah. I did the math on it. If he did zero, just plain average in terms of putting and everything else, he finishes tied for fifth. But if you take the worst stat of everybody in terms of that and put it to zero, I'm sure other people yes. would bump okay. above him. No, I'm Let's saying, clarify but, but my statement is he has the ability, availability to hit every shot in his bag. Now yes. the problem with mobility is getting there. He's getting the nerves. That was a hard course to walk. Don't get me wrong. If, if Tiger Woods is arguably one of the best, if not the best putter of all time, yeah. you're telling me that there's going to be another round where he loses three shots around not not three shots overall but three around so if you're taking him and just getting not even above average average in the field compared to ball striking he's tied for fifth it's crazy he needs to play in a weaker field playing in elevated events and majors it's 
it's going to require the perfect Tiger day to get a win. Where, again, I know he won't because he's Tiger and he can afford to, but if he played in... Zozo, like he did to get his 81st. Yeah, Zozo, Honda, Puerto Rico. I mean, I know he'll never play in those events. Because here's the thing. Genesis is his tournament, so of course he wants to show. He wants to get another major. Um, I saw this debate, and I think we could have a mini episode on this later sometime, debating Jack and Tiger, but everyone was bringing up the comparisons. I'm like, you know, Jack won more majors and, you know, more PGA Tour events. I'm like, Tiger Woods has played over 200 less events than Jack Nicholas. It is so hard to compare that. So that's yeah. all I have to say. But just that Tiger stat, he's one of the best putters in the world. If you don't think he's putting right now, as we're speaking, you're crazy. So even he's, if he gets it to one and a half shots, but find he's top 15. He's he's kind of a little wayward off the tee. He's got to get his driver. In terms of the Genesis, it played really well to his shot shape. But if he does that at Augusta, it's it's not pretty. That's for sure. To Augusta National. He's got it, but enough right. Tiger get, talk. Get to DraftKings. Did you win? You lose? Did you guys all make the cut? What are we talking? Yeah, we are talking winner, winner on DraftKings. It helps when you have Colin Morikawa, Hovland, you know, Tiger Woods made the cut, Seamus Power. So we won on both 50-50s, double-ups, single entries. And then Fanduel, when you have Rom, you pretty much have a lock. Um, we won on 50-50 and double-ups only. I did not cash in on any single entry. Danny Lee really sunk me. And as a result, he is now on live golf. <laughs> well, him and then who's the other one? Thomas Peters, right? Is yeah, that Thomas Peters, 34, uh, Brendan Steele. And then I think David Lingmurth just accepted an offer this morning that's not confirmed. So so David Lingmurth and Danny Lee, though, are both still listed in the field here for this week. That's going to be weird. It's going to uh, change. Yeah, I'm sure that'll change. They'll figure that out. We'll get to that when we get to, to Honda. Um, for my DraftKings, I was a winner in 50-50s, and I lost in single entry. Um, I had Colin Morikawa and Wills Torres, who finished T4 and T6. Um, Xander was T33. Adam Scott made the cut and then proceeded to shoot like 12 over on Saturday and Sunday between two days. Uh, and then Taylor Moore and Francesco Molinari. I think Taylor Moore was the only guy I had that really failed me at all this week, but even then. I was still able to get through it all. Um, so we won double ups there. FanDuel, I won in uh, double ups and single entry. Um, again, I had Xander at T33. Um, I had Homo, who finished second. I had uh, Morikawa, who finished sixth. Adam Scott, who's 65th. Taylor Moore missed the cut. And then Justin Suh um, at 7,700 was a great T40. I mean, he was T like. That price, he's going to make a cut. Well, he was like T16, I think, at one point on Saturday. He was really up there. And then, again, he did Keith Mitchell, you know, par out on Sunday and not really do too much to to just stay steady. Hey, as long as you win, who cares on that front? Mm-hmm. So, made that work. Uh, what about you, Jack? How'd you do on bets? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So, <laughs> let's go ahead and start off. Um, Victor Hovland, top 20, plus 175. That was a winner. We had Sung JM top 20. He finished like six over in his last two rounds to follow that. It was so disappointing. Homa top 20 at plus 150. That was a win. Justin Thomas top 20. That was a win. Tiger Woods to make the cut plus 200 win. Rory top 20. Super disappointing loss. Scotty Scheffler top 20 was a win. And then Xander Shoffley top 20 was a loss. All together, a lot of pluses hit. So 
up 4.05 units on the week, bringing us up to 16.55 units total in the 2023 season. And we're in February. There you go. So four units up. That's a solid week from you. I heard a lot of winners that week. That's fun. We did squad or ride Max Homa this week. Top 20 plus 150. And it the won curse for is us. Breaking. Uh, we've done that a couple of times. I think, I think big names like Tony Finau, Max Homa, they've kind of carried us on those, the squad wins. Uh, but yeah, Max Homa was my first one. That was a win. My second one was Colin Morikawa, top 20 at plus 115. Again, he finished sixth, um, so he's fairly safe in there. That was a great win. And my third was Will Zalatoris, plus 150 over Alex Noren and Taylor Montgomery. I think both Noren and Montgomery missed a cut. Yeah. So I won that by default. Yeah. Morning. <laughs> Love that. Great to see. Uh, but even then, I think Willie Z was top 10 again. Um, so three for three week. Love those. I think that might be my like first three for three week all year. Like that's how rough my bets have gone so far. Um, uh, I don't know if I have one yet. I might have one other. Um, hey, don't call it a comeback, man. And officially, because I know you didn't mention it, up four point one five units yes. on that week alone, bringing it down to one point three four units down overall in the twenty twenty three season. Which, if you tuned in six weeks ago, was <laughs> Add another zero to that one. I yeah, I think I was at about uh minus fifteen at one point, maybe fourteen, and that was probably two months ago. Uh oh, so we're, gambling. So we're, we're, we're coming back. Go, Gamble golf responsibly. Gambling is really weird. We'll take it. We'll take this moment to just remember that gambling gamble response. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right, we're doing winners picks or, or no, or because I have extra bets that oh, I forgot about a little bit this week. That's so here's where we brought up a little bit before. So one of the bets that hit was Colin Morikawa bogey free round one was plus 1600 that hit. When I entered it into socials, I was looking at the sheet that I had crossed off with Xander's name on it. So I apologize in advance for anybody. I tried to comment as quickly as I knew that was over, but Scotty Scheffler or one of them was Scotty Scheffler, bogey-free round one, that loss. Colin Morikawa, bogey-free round one, plus 1,600. That was a winner. Ricky Fowler, top 40, minus 120. That was a winner. Seamus Power, top 40, plus 100, was a winner. Adam Scott, top 40, plus 100, was a loss. That was a bad one to end on. But we had Rom top five after round one was plus 450. I don't know if you guys followed along, but I broke it down. He's top five. In all categories in terms of round one scoring, including round one and scoring or number one in scoring average in round one. So tidbits like that will win you some money. That week alone, up 20.35 units, bringing us to in extra bets, 30.85 units up overall. And if you're just joining and you don't know what extra bets are, because we know we have a lot of new viewers. Yep. When we initially record this on Monday night, we have winners, five, top 10, top 20, and some three ball matchup and then yeah, props. Sometimes, sometimes we don't matchups. have access to individual matchups or top forties or parlays or anything like that. So Tuesday morning I go on, I make a ton of other bets and then post them all for you guys. So 20.35 unit week up this week. That's cue for you guys to watch next week um, for some more wins or and tomorrow, that, I guess. And that, and that's Jack's bread and butter. Um, that's how he steals all of his money from the sports books. You know, he goes in there and sees all those those 40 bets that these guys don't know how to calculate. And again, round round one, no bogeys with Morikawa. I mean, who's betting that normally at plus 1600 if except for Jack because he's a nerd and, and digs into stuff like that. Um, and but then, that's, uh, yeah, last thing before we go on one, that's the second 
bogey-free run. I think I had Brian Harmon earlier in the year. Yeah, on a before, real bet, before he was on, on a real bet. garbage yeah. list. <laughs> However, extra bets have only been here for four weeks. So we are up 30.85 units in four weeks on extra bets. That's not a sign to tag along. I don't know what is. Yeah, those are easiest to find on, on TikTok. Uh, Turn Dog Golf. Yes. Yeah, Turn Dog Golf on, on TikTok. Jack's all over those. He'll always post them up. Um, so keep an eye for those. Jack, how about winners? Yeah, winners. I had Victor Hovland and Adam Scott um, finish 20 and 65. That's really nothing compared to your week, but I'm still yeah. taking it. Yeah, two guys made the cut. Uh, it was cute comparatively, but, you know, you tried your best. Uh, I had a really good week. I Both my guys finished in the top 20. Um, I had Ricky Fowler and Keith Mitchell, who finished 5th and 20th, respectfully. Uh, really can't get too much better than that, especially considering I didn't use a big name. And yeah. it was an elevated field. I mean, didn't use Rom, didn't use Scotty, didn't use... Zal Torres didn't Homa. use Colin Morikawa, didn't use Homa, and finished T fifth and T twentieth. So if you follow on either of those, you're welcome, because um, you probably just stayed in contention without using a big name. Uh, wild picks. Yeah, we each hit one. I'll go ahead and start off my win with Colin Morikawa top ten. That was plus two seventy five. Finished sixth. I also had Adrian Moronk top twenty at plus eight hundred. He finished forty fifth. He looked fine. Didn't really have it. And then Tiger Woods was in the field, so I had to do it. So I put him in a top 20 at plus 450. Finished at 45th overall, but he was inside the number at some points on Saturday and some points on Sunday. Yeah, and I figured you'd throw on a, you'd throw on a Tiger bet in a wild card just because you kind of had to. Hey, I had uh, him in a real bet to make the cut, plus 200. Yeah, well, that's true too, yeah. That shows the Tiger love. Uh, for my wild picks, I, I was following along. I had Ricky Fowler top 20 at plus 225. Um, that was another win. So I was really heavy on Ricky and I'm glad he did well. Um, my other wild card pick was Wyndham Clark top 20 at plus 300. Um, that was a loss, but he was, he was close, right? I think he was 33rd at the end of the week. Yep. Um, it looked like he just kind of never fully clicked in. Um, he was always just kind of floating along around that mid twenties, early thirties number, but it happens. Um, I'm okay with it because, again, he made the cut and it was competitive, so I had a chance. Awesome. Yeah, so that is the probably the best week we've had, all things considered, recording this podcast. I think this week alone we're up 30 units almost in sportsbook. We're four for four and winners on um, lineups. We each have both a top 20, including a top five in winners. We each hit a wild card. I don't think you can get better than this. So it, it just means we're it just means we're the best uh, betting podcast. That's all it means. It means you got to yeah. follow along. Drop that follow. You know, download our pod and whatnot. But let's go into the kind of a PGA Tour field in the Honda Classic. As hard as it is to say, yeah, this is the uh, the Honda Classic. This will be the final year of the Honda Classic. Um, this course is a par seventy, totaling seven thousand one hundred yards. Um, we are ending the West Coast swing. We are going to Florida. Um, last year's winner was Seb Straka. Um, if you guys remember this tournament at all from last year, um, Seb Straka and Shane Lowry were on like 17 and 18, and a ridiculous rainstorm kind of came in. Uh, Shane Lowry completely lost the sight of how to hit a golf ball like a normal human being, and uh, he gave it away and finished second place. So Seb Straka came out with the win. Yeah, and just a note on that, we were reading up on some articles. Here's the quote from PGA Tour on that. 
You'll understand if Shane Lowry passes on a rain dance at any time in his career, the Irishman has unfinished business at PGA national where the heavens opened on him. Who are these PGA tour riders? What was it last, last week? They had something funny too. Uh, I don't know, but that, yeah, that's a little aggressive there, but yes, yeah, so a substraka one in that. And it was wild with all the rain. Um, like I said, this is the last year for Honda sponsoring a tournament. Uh, what a bad way for Honda to have to go out. I mean, chock full of B list golfers in my personal opinion, uh, when looking at the tournament this week, look at strokes gained approach, ball striking. Um, I mean, extra distance is always beneficial, but it's not needed. Um, Honda's kind of like the ugly stepsister, in my opinion, of Riviera. Um, Riviera is famous for having no water, where Honda arguably has too much water. Um, it has water on 15 of the 18 holes. There's a good chance your golfer is going to hit into the water probably a couple times this weekend. It just, just kind of happens. Um, the goal is to really just mitigate losses. If they do hit it into the water, you want them to walk out with bogey as opposed to triple their quad, um, which I know normally I wouldn't like, you're like, ah, funny Liam, you're being facetious. No, like tripling quad is, is not on like it's, it happens around here. The, the water it's really does trap. mess with people. Yeah. So can't forget about the bear trap. That's 15, 16, 17, um, super tough stretch in golf. Again, the fact that it's got its own name kind of tells you everything you need to know about it. Um, also, the cut hasn't been under par here since 2007. Um, so expect a really tough course in terms of playing. Um, and don't be surprised if somebody shoots in the 80s. I mean, it'll it'll probably happen at least once, maybe twice. Yeah, and then the last thing I'll say is in the next calendar month, Watch out for Billy Horschel because he's going to be extremely owned in a lot of <laughs> lineups and bets because he's the Florida king. So he's going to be up there in a lot of it. Yeah, that's all in my notes. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, are we just going over the two guys at 10K and DraftKings right here? Yeah. So number one is Sung J.M. and number two is Shane Lowry. So I'll start off by saying Shane Lowry's number is extremely elevated. Um, it is. It is hard to see because... He, in his two events or three events in January, he went 28th on the DP World Tour, then 110th, 125th, and then had a top 15 last week. I think much like Sepp Straka's number in this field is, it's very elevated because of course history, but in this elevated field, I guess it makes sense, or non-elevated field, I guess it yeah. makes sense. Sung J.M. was on a tear, 18 4 6 and then had a lackluster performance in the weekend, finishing outside of the top 50. So I, I, I don't see myself getting to this category in either lineup. I guess if you're going to go Sungjae, go Sungjae. But... Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting case. Um, I think both of them kind of have the course history if you want to go to them. Um, obviously, in terms of tiers, I think there's three names that are really a little bit above everybody else. Um, they are two of them. The third we'll get to in the next range. Um, I don't hate hate Sungjae if you want to get to him this week, especially in on DraftKings at 10-7. I mean, you're not like utterly breaking the bank, yeah. in my opinion. Um, there is a world you could do both Sungjae and Shane Lowry. Um, you have 7,100 and change, I think, left. Um, I would highly recommend not doing that though, because of the last five years. Um, seven of the nine top golfers in terms of DraftKings points have been under $7,500. 
that week in terms of their pricing. So generally, I don't know if you want to, how close you want to follow the $7,500 exactly. Expect some upsets this week. I mean, having big names that you anticipate making the cut might not be so guaranteed. Um, I think that there's definitely going to be some, some volatile scoring. And I think that'll bump out a few of the big names. So like, I'll, I'm going to say, look at this. I'm worried about Shane Lowry this week. I don't have, I don't have him on anything. I think it's, it's very possible that he just doesn't play great and misses the cut entirely. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think it's one of those things that the risk reward is extremely big in this category because yes. Being this is a non-elevated field, there's so many opportunities for other guys to just come out of everything. So just just be aware that there are going to be cases where these guys might not hang up to what they're supposed to do. Yeah, so uh, so that's that's my thought process on those two. Um, again, if you get to them, I completely understand and it makes sense, but I don't hate it if you just want to skip it and get into this 9K range. Awesome. So the 9K range, starting at Chris Kirk, one of the best ball strikers in the world at 9,900. Next, all the way down to Thomas the Goat Dietrich. I think I've had him in every lineup since he basically started this year. Yeah, Tom. Thomas is going to stick around on tour when it, when when the other Thomas is heading out on to, on to live. So that'll make it a little more interesting. Um, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite golfers in this range, Billy Horschel. Um, I, he's the third guy in terms of that top three grouping for me. Um, that might be controversial depending on who you ask. Um, but this guy, again, went to Florida, always plays better after the West Coast swing. I, I'm just big on Billy Horschel this week. It's 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 the Florida home style course, and he just, he just fits it really well. So I think Billy Horschel is going to do solid this week. Yeah, I think – Billy Horschel always does well in Florida. Um, I really, really like Man Wu Lee this week. Coming off of his DP World Tour events, if you just take a look at the stats, his worst finish in his last four events is 13th. Yeah. Uh, you got to go further back than that. I think his last like seven events, his worst finish is T13th. But, but yeah, his last four are, are also T13th. Um, some of those are international. Um, again, some of the, the fields are generally weaker in those. Um, but one of them was when he lost to Rom. I think he finished second. Yeah. Um, another one I think was Fleetwood or um Matt Fitzpatrick, where he finished like third. Yeah. So he's losing to great competition. But again, obviously there's a little bit of a drop off. So you of also course. have to put that into mind. However, but that explains his price yeah. at ninety four hundred. Hundred percent. And although I will say, obviously it's lesser field compared to the PGA Tour. If your worst finish. I don't care if you're playing on the Dominican Republic tour. Yeah. If you're a worst finish in the last like seven events you play in as top 13, that means you're playing high quality golf, regardless of the competition. So I like him. Yeah. Another guy is Matt Kuchar. Super, super weird. He, there's always events like this where he comes in, he bangs out a top 20 performance. He's going to walk away super quiet. You take a look at Denny McCarthy. Who's he thinking to pop off for a hundred and third, like he did the waste management. Or 14th, like he did at the Genesis. It's all about how that putter gets. Yeah. Thomas Dietrich, the name stays for itself, 11 for 11 on cuts. So he's probably going to make the cut. You're probably going to get a top 40. He's probably going to be right around where I think his season averages is around 33rd. Yep. So in a non-elevated field, I assume he'll get to that top 30 mark, maybe 25 or 20 he, below. He's a safe, he's a safe pick. D, D, if you want somebody at 9K that, that's going to make a cut but might not play like into the top 20, he's a very safe bet. 
I don't love that just based on pricing. I think that you can go a little bit more risk award at this high of a price. Um, I think Aaron Wise will be interesting at 9,200. Um, I think he just kind of fits the mold of this type of a course well. Um, but I, I agree. I don't hate Kuchar this week. This is kind of like old man golf that he'll do. He'll just bunt one out into the fairway, get it nice and close. And again, I say old man golf for Kuchar because he's older comparatively to most of this he's field. He's got a pair of top tens already this year too. He does have a pair of top tens. Um, so I think that'll be interesting. Chris Kirk is way overpriced at 9,900. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. I know he does well at this course and he does hit the ball a country mile, but having him be 9,900 is borderline criminal in my opinion. Um, I won't get to him. I understand he has an opportunity to win. I don't care. Um, it's just too expensive. There's too much value that I think is honestly better than him at this low 9K range for me to get to him at that price. Coming from the course history guy, coming off two third place finishes and a 64th at the waste management, he's dominated. Yep. He is a he finished like tied seventh, top 10 last year, top 25 the year before, and then a pair of thirds. So he is he meets all the metrics, but. Who knows? I mean, if you like a guy in the lower category of the 8K, which we will jump into right now, starting off at Taylor Pendrith at 8,900 and then wrapping off with Garrick Higo, the what I would call the uh, Seb Strzok of this year, where you're either going to get 122 or you're going to get a 22. Yeah, uh, Garrick Higo does kind of fit this course. He's got the driving distance and the recent form, um, so he's pretty good there. Uh, my big name in this 8K range has gotta be where's he at 80s John, oh, johnny, johnny vegas oh yeah johnny vegas baby um so he's made his he's made the cut in each of his past six attempts at the honda classic um and he's also gained strokes putting here three of the last four years um johnny vegas is notorious for losing strokes with his putter so if he can gain strokes putting on this event and you combine that with the fact that he's good with his irons and he's good off the tee I'm all aboard Johnny Vegas this week. Um, and again, I think he's going to be my main guy I get to at this 8,600 range. Adam Svensson scares the crap out of me. Um, he's I'm seeing a lot of notion online where people are extremely interested in Adam Svensson. Um, this seems like something where he's going to get really hyped up and then miss a cut, even though Trust he has company. Some- interested in Adam Svensson. Yeah, exactly. Everybody is. It's not just Jack. Um, but yeah, I think Garrick Higo will be, those are, those are really the two I'm sticking to Johnny Vegas, Garrick Higo. Yeah. So I actually like Adam Svensson this week. I know obviously he's had kind of a weird, 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 weird 2023 season. He was a short game master last week, finishing, I think it was a share of ninth. He, um, last year, he's like two for two in the PGA national tied for ninth last year, where he led the field in all strokes gained T to green. You're talking about a non-elevated field. A guy like this, it's coming off momentum. You just have to look for stuff like this. I can see why people are not as high on him as me, possibly. But if you're taking a look for a guy to fill, you know, you take a look at a guy like JT Poston, who was dominant, and all of a sudden went 103rd, 63rd. Taylor Pendrith, who fits the model here, but it went like 15th, 80th, 67, 57. You just got to try and find a hole in the wall. And I will not be touching Adrian Moronk again because he's just <laughs> continuously does lackluster for me, but, and I know this is shocking. I don't hate Bez this week. Christian Bezaden, who, if you haven't been following along, he has had a really weird year compared to last year. It was like, 
he was Thomas Dietrich of last year. He's like 11 for 11 on cuts, just a master with the putter. Yes. He's been struggling to find his game a little bit. I think in a non-elevated field where he's an opportunity to come off a made cut in last week. At this price point, I'm just hoping for a top 40. And I think with his putting and a non-major scoring event where, you know, the cut's going to be over par, he might shine a little bit here. You never know. Is it sad? I almost want to skip this range entirely. Like if you did like a Sung Jay or a Shane Lowry and then like a Minwoo Lee, Aaron Wise, D-Tree, either one of those. I mean, you can skip this AK range entirely and go directly into this lower 7K range. I don't hate it. If you go those three kind of guys, skip this whole range. Well, let's again, do it. I like Vegas and I like Higo and, and it looks like you like uh, Spenson and who's your other guy? Uh, I didn't hate Bez. Bez. Bez, yeah. But again, I'm okay skipping all of those and going right into this seven game range because there's some hitters. Yeah, I'll uh, go ahead he... and talk right off the bat because Patrick Rogers, 7,900, just withdrew a little bit ago. So be on the calendar for that. All the way to a pretty deep category to Big Rig Harry Higgs. So let me just start off. Ben Griffin is 7,900 in a non elevated event a couple of weeks after going toe to toe with Rom. Yes, he had a lackluster performance at the ATT where he. I'm sure it got to his head a little bit, the pressure, the money, the fame, his Instagram, all of those things that do contribute to young golfers. And a lot of people touch on it. He should not be here. Robbie Shelton should not be here. He is killing it. He is in his last three events. He has three made cuts, a top six, a top 20 and a made cut. The farmers, he should not be down here. I'll let you have Justin sell your guy, but I'm going to take Nick Hardy again. Yep. He was killing it with top 40s up until last week where he missed the cut. Looking for him to finish another good week. You have Will Gordon, who outside of the last three weeks where he's looked like the worst golfer on earth, had a tremendous start. But let me talk about Padrog freaking Harrington. Let me talk about him because I, right. I genuinely like him this week. He is defying age. Last week of the Chubb Classic, he finished second. In the DP World Tour, he finished top 25. He, in the Abu Dhabi Championship, he finished top five. He finished fourth. He looks like he's literally defying age and just going off on this. For 7,300, I really like it. It is genuinely a good pick in my mind here. Yeah, um, there's a few of those kind of guys that, that Jack and I are interested in for both of them. Um, I was also interested in Robbie Shelton. He Again, the, the, the three top 20s in this last, what, five events? Um, extremely interesting for me at 7,800. Um, I will talk about Justin Suh again at 7,600. I had him last week. He finished T40th. He was great, especially at the bottom of the lineup. I mean, 7,600, he could be, what, your fourth, fifth guy, depending on how you kind of want to set all that up. Um, so he's made every cut except for the Shriners. Um, just to kind of keep that in mind to go way back. I know he missed, like, I think, the first couple of cuts the way back at the beginning of the year, but he's made every cut since Shriners. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else I like. Oh, Joseph Bramlett. Um, he really fits well in terms of course fit. Um, he's got the driving distance. Um, he just doesn't really have the accuracy or the putter, um, which is going to be a tough choice. But at 7,500, it's it's definitely worth the option to kind of get to. Um, and then the guy I will mention at the bottom of this range, where is he? Zach Johnson. Yes, uh, Iowa boy. Zach, Zach Johnson has got driving accuracy. And again, he's kind of got that old man vibe. We've seen him a few times this year where like he just makes cuts in these events, especially considering this is not a, a, a strong event. 
Um, he'll just kind of make the cut, hang out, and look at and look at see and who get he wants 50. on that. Yeah, he'll get top fifty, and he'll be like, well, "All right, let me see if anybody interesting I want to put on the Ryder Cup team this year." Like, I think people forget he's a two-time major champion. I think yes. people really disregard him because he doesn't he doesn't have the, the I'm going to hit 350 yards. Yep, he has. I'm going to get it in the fairway. I'm going to get it. He plays Jordan Spieth's 2015 Masters golf for his entire career, which which is fine on this course. Um, again, you just need somebody that's not going to blow it into the water every hole. Yeah, and Zach Johnson is somebody that I can trust to do that. And at 7100, I mean, if you're telling me I can pick between him and Callum Taron, who who can't hit the ball into the fairway to save his life, and is so errant off the tee, he might he might be one of the guys that shoots 80. I'm going to stick with Zach Johnson for the same price. Uh, I so hear that's, you. That's me. And then I'm going to drop some, just a couple honorable mentions that I think we took a look at. Danny Willett, last two of our weeks, 41 and 18. He looks fine. Davis Riley is always a birdie man. He's struggled mightily this year, but you never know. S.H. Kim has dominated in non-elevated fields, and he's 7,400. So he finished 33rd last week and then 41st in the pro-am 20th at farmers. So he's has trajectory. So I wouldn't, you know, ignore him. Brandon Wu outside of last week has been on a tear. Charlie Hoffman, great showing at the waste management always does. Webb Simpson has not had his best golf in his career. Probably just the worst start of his career. Don't mess with the people. I know Jackson say good stat on him. Just, just don't do it. Don't, no, don't put yourself through that. Pain. I'm just saying he is arguably had a borderline hall of fame career in terms of the game of golf. Yes. So if you take a look at that at a 7,300, he's he, I'm just saying that he has the capability. To yeah. He off. has capability. Um, Don't go to him this week. I'm not, yeah, I'm not let, going to him. let him show it first. I see Jack's point just in, in Liam's personal opinion. Don't give yourself the headache. Yeah. But and I in see the last, yeah, hundred percent. It, it doesn't make sense, but I'm just saying a guy of that caliber has the opportunity. Yes. Um, Last couple of guys, Grayson Sig outside of last week's been a cut machine. Callum Terran always has the opportunity to pop off and sneak a top 10. And then Harry Hall, the tremendous putter, has always done good. And then once again, I won't use him, but Aaron Baddeley is here again, 7K in a random event. Watch him get to 35th. Just watch it. Yeah, I, I could totally see it. Um, yeah, him, Luke Donald. There's a few interesting names at this at this bottom of the 7K range. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Zach Johnson at 7,100, though. Um, all right, 6K range. Let's do some dumpster diving here, Jack. What are we uh, What are we yeah. looking at? First off, let's just go right to Akshay Bhatia, the legend, the lefty. He is um, outside of the Corn Ferry Tour, where he's really struggled in the last couple of weeks. He has a top 10 or two top 10s at the Butterfield, finished top 20, 45th at the RSM, non-elevated field. I don't hate him coming out this week. Um, Satoshi Kodaira, I think, had the first-round leader at the end of last year at the Honda, so another good showing there. You have Tanagoya, who's just continuously made cuts a couple weeks in a row, so I think he's a really good lookout for. Um, you have Smotherman. I know you call him Smother Daddy sometimes that always <laughs> has the opportunity to make a cut at 6,500. He's and been struggling guys... a little bit. We might have to stay off Smother Daddy until he starts making cuts again because he was consistent for a while, but he yeah. struggles. And then there's guys like, you know, some college guys that, that are on the come up that you might know, Pearson Cootie, last week, 130th, the week before first, the week before that, 80th. I mean, there's guys in here that you might start to recognize over the course. He's a really good, touted prospect. So just look out for that name this week. 
All right, Jack, Jack had a few names. Um, him and I are both both on Akshay Bhatia, that's for sure. Um, in terms of the upside he gives at at sixty eight hundred, we both like him. Um, if you want to do some deep deep dumpster diving, um, Tyson Alexander at sixty four hundred is probably the only guy below what sixty six sixty seven hundred. I would really give a look at. Um, he's made a few. He's made a actually a decent amount of cuts prior to. Um, the farmers in the American Express. Um, he had three straight top forties, or no, he had three top forties with a T sixty two at RSM. Um, Cadence Bank was a really difficult field in terms of the fall swing. Um, he finished second there, and he again he had made he was on a little bit of a cut spree. Um, so hopefully he can kind of bring that back. So I don't hate that from him. Uh, in terms of driving accuracy, again that's important this week with all of the water and the bunkers in play. Um, so I don't hate Ryan Armour. Um, again, I'm gonna. I'm sure you've heard it on our podcast a thousand times. Well, mention um, it till it's broken. Yeah, don't fix it ain't broken. But he led the tour last year in driving accuracy. Um, so those are kind of the two guys I'm sticking out on. And then again, the third, the third being uh, where's he at? 6,800, right? Is uh, Akshay? Yeah, there he is. Yeah. So the, but, yeah, the last guy that I would point out is Dylan Wu. Um, 18 Ted Pebble Beach, 29th, Amex 32nd, RSM 46. So these guys at 6,600, you can really stack a DraftKings lineup low if you start with that guy. Did you go to Tano Goya? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was going to say the last three cuts made, and then, you know, he's been doing pretty decent otherwise. Uh, good. I thought you did, but I was I didn't know if I was losing it or not. Yeah, and I also wanted to mention Austin Eckroat. I was high on him like six weeks ago. I'm not <laughs> high on him this week, so watch him pop off for like top 15. I could totally see it, um, especially in a weak field. It wouldn't surprise me. Him and like Doc Redman. Doc Redman. I love Doc Redman. Pop off. It depends if he wears a visor or not. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, DraftKings lineup. Yep. Starting off at the top, I had to go it with Min Woo Lee at 11,000. Next, we're jumping to Denny McCarthy, 10,900. Thomas Dietrich, 10,400. Adam Svensson, 10,200. Ben Griffin, 9,200. And then Akshay Bhatia, 8,300. That sounds DraftKings. No. So my DraftKings lineup <laughs> is Min Woo Lee at 9,400, Denny McCarthy at 9,100, Thomas Dietrich at 9,000, Christian Bezadenhut at 8,200, Padraig Harrington at 7,300, and then Akshay Bhatti at 6,800. Spoiler alert, that's my FanDuel. That's I was going to say, I think you switched up your FanDuel and your DraftKings, uh, nice. but all good. We made it work. Um, so for my DraftKings, I'm starting at uh, Billy Horschel at 9,700. Uh, second, I'm going with Aaron Wise at 9,200. Third, give me Johnny Vegas at 8,600. Again, I'm praying on that course history. It's a little terrifying. Uh, fourth, give me Robbie, Robbie Shelton at 7,800. Fifth, give me Justin Suh at 7,600. And sixth, give me Zach Johnson at 7,100. I'm going a little more consistency. Um, nobody on the top, and then a couple guys in that mid to low 7K range. Awesome. And then I will quickly go over my fan duel once again. Min Woodley, 11K. <laughs> Denny McCarthy, 10-9. Thomas Dietrich, 10-4. Adam Svensson, 10,200. Ben Griffin, 9,200. Then Akshay Bhatia, 8,300 again. There you go. Uh, for FanDuel, I'm starting off with Sung J M at 11,900. Second, I'm going Billy Horschel at 10,800. Third, give me Johnny Vegas at 10,100. Fourth, give me Garrick Higo at 9,700. 
fifth, give me Justin Suh at 9,500. And sixth, give me Tano Goya at 7,800. Awesome. And then we'll jump right into bets really quickly here. So I went with four this week. I went a lot last week. And this is just a not a field where you press your luck. So I'm going four. One is Minwin Lee, top 20 at plus 160. I have Denny McCarthy, top 20 at plus 130. I have Alex Noren at top 20 plus 125. That should not be there. So I'm going to go ahead and erase that. Um, I have Shane Lowry top 20 at minus 110, but the real bet there should be. He was at plus 110. Plus 110. Thank you for correcting me. And then, man, I'm all over my game today. It should have been a Thomas Dietrich pick at plus 165. That should have been it. I don't know what happened. I might have gone through and adjusted it too. Maybe a little jet lag on my part. I went through and and started messing with Jack's bets. Had to get him out of his funk. He was leading by too much. (laughs) Um, All right. So for my bets, I'm sticking with three and I'm sticking with the classics. Uh, Give me Billy Horschel top 20 at plus 160. Uh, Give me Matt Kuchar top 20 at plus 140. Give me Shane Lowry top 20 at plus 110. So I like it. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're sticking with that that trend, uh, kind of that mid tier grouping, and then here's hoping when it it uh, it falls apart for everybody else after Sung Jay, misses the cut, and Minwoo maybe who knows you know hey 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 listen ladies and gentlemen I just have to say if Liam hits any combination of his two two out of three bets this week we will be positive hey. Hey, with about what six weeks left until Augusta? Ooh. Oh, don't get me right started on Augusta. You'll get me excited. I'll start singing Georgia. All right. Uh, we're going winners. We're going wild picks first. Let's go wild cards because I do want to save my winner's pick, which is just ridiculous. So, nice. um, wild card pick this week number one, Padraig Harrington, top 20 plus 375. No other reason besides he's been on a tear lately. Distance isn't necessarily the biggest factor here. It's more about bogey avoidance. So, he's smarter and more calm than like 85 percent of golfers in the world right now and then robbie shelton top 20 plus 350 almost put him as a bet just because he's killing it this year um but i saved it for a wild card because i kind of babied out there you go yeah i mean don't 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 fix it ain't broken your your bets are up up high enough that you don't need to get fancy and start throwing in those high numbers you know what's scary i did say whatever bet and i will say it every week Whatever I'm up in units, I'll put in Augusta National. And if we keep having weeks like that, we're going to be down. Bad. We're going to be betting Robbie oh. Shelton to win the Masters. Oh, boy. That'll make it, make it for a fun time for sure. Uh, in terms of wild picks, I've I've got one that's decent and one that's a little out there. Uh, I'm going to start with Byung-Hyun on top 20 at plus 240. Um, he had some good history here. He made three of his last four cuts. Um, that's more so just kind of a calculated risk. Uh, my second one is Zach Johnson, top 20 at plus 500. Um, again, I'm just kind of going for that old man golf and, and hoping that he that he sticks with the driving accuracy in the short game and it works out for him. Hey, yeah, those tilted glasses will work them well. <laughs> All right, let's hear your wild winner's pick. Who do you got? Well, number one, it's Min Woo Lee. So I'm just hoping he continues that trend of really, really good play all across the world. And hopefully that trip to Florida is not going to slow him down. Then it's Padraig Arrington. Oh, I like it. Fancy. I think every time I've had a bet, or I don't have a bet, so I think we're good there. But anytime I do like a wild card, a winner, a bet, and a lineup, it always seems to fail me. But there's never going to be an opportunity where I use Padraig Arrington again, unless he's in like the Puerto Rico or Barracuda. Yep. Um, but I don't know. I just, 
again, maybe I'm biased because I mean, my mom really love Padraig Harrington. So we'll see. Maybe I'm biased. I feel that about my second winner's pick for sure. I don't know when I would use him again. Uh, first one I'm doing again, we're in, we're in Florida. Give me Billy Horschel. Um, I could, I could save him for another Florida week. Um, but in terms of volatility, this field is tough this week to pick a winner's pick and we have elevated events the next two weeks. So I'll be able to find somebody else better the following week. So give me Billy Horschel. Uh, my second winner's pick, give me Johnny Vegas. I'm going back to the well. Um, he's, he's a little heavy in terms of across my board, but fortunately I don't have any bets on him. Um, so we should be good there, but again, he's yeah. got the good course history. So in his injury, just... it looks to be fully healed. Um, a couple of weeks ago, he made his debut with that shoulder injury and it looks like he's doing just fine. So I have no concern there. Yeah. And again, and again, a combination of, of, of health plus course history. Let's do it. And let's just make cut Johnny. Come on. That's all I need. Need you continue the trend for me, Johnny. Don't, don't, don't screw it up for me. We're on a, we're on a run here. Absolutely. Uh, so as always go ahead, check out all this on social medias, whatnot. I'll have my extra bets up most likely either tomorrow night or Wednesday morning. Once those come out, so go ahead and follow Turn Dog Golf on everything so you can go up 30 and almost, what would you say? We're probably almost close to 40 units up as a pod in the last eight weeks. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I wasn't so far in the negative, then yeah, we you'd you'd notice it a lot more. We're probably up 40 units. That's a safe bet. Yeah. So there, no. there's your total right there. Go follow. Yeah, us. there's your total. Go make some money. Let's go out there. Have a good one this week. I'm gonna go to bed. Uh, I am jet lagged as all hell but we're going to see you guys deuces.